Well, hello, lovely humans, and welcome to Engage, a wedding planning podcast for the modern day couple. I'm your host, Jamie Wolfer, and I truly believe that wedding planning does not need to be complicated or time consuming. I kind of picture these episodes like jumping on a quick phone call with your wedding planner. You get your answers and you go on your merry way because sometimes not all of us have an hour to dedicate to listening to super long podcasts or super long intros. So without further ado, let's just jump right on into it. My fiance and I weren't originally going to invite his family to our wedding because they have never really been on board with our relationship. When we announced our engagement, everything seemed fine. So we invited them to the wedding. Recently, they became upset about my parents helping pay for most of the wedding and us changing a charging per person for the reception, which is super common here. For the last five weddings I've attended, I've paid for my meal and all of our friends and family totally are totally fine with it. That is fascinating, Ness. I would love to know where you're from. That's very cool. (laughs) Could you imagine? Wow, that's awesome. I li- I don't think I've literally, I've never heard of that. I've never heard of it either. I've never heard of that. Ness, you are an anomaly and I want to know more. Maybe not an anomaly because for the, out of the last five you just went to have that same thing. Long story short-ish, his mom disowned him and now the rest of his family, grandparents, aunts, uncles won't attend unless we fix things with my mother-in-law. Oh, we have already tried, but we're met with verbal abuse every time. The wedding is in less than 50 days and I need help knowing how to brush over the awkwardness of none of his family being there. Do we acknowledge it or not? How do we handle speeches and traditional parents' involvements in the wedding? You're in Tasmania, Australia. That's fascinating. Well, thanks for sharing that little bit of wedding culture with us, but I'm so sorry that it's had this, uh, this fruit come from that tree. What do you think, Kara? How can we help her out? If you thought for one second that I was going to start a brand new podcast and not bring over Generation Tux to join me, you are sorely mistaken. But you guys, there's a reason that I keep talking about them. There's a reason that I'm so obsessed with them. And one of them is all of the free offerings to you as the wedding couple. Number one, free swatches. If you want to do color comparison or compare it to any dresses or linens or florals, they will send you free swatches. Number two, a free home try-on for the wedding couple with free round-trip shipping. All of that's free. (laughs) Uh, Number three, With five paid rentals, the groom gets his suit rental for free. Number four, with seven paid rentals, the groom gets his rental for free and then gets to keep the suit. You guys, if I have not convinced you to check out Generation Tux at this point, I don't I don't know who will. Head on over to wolferandco.com forward slash suits to claim your free prize today. <laughs> also, you guys, Generation Tux is having a promo right now for our community only. Get $20 off any suit for you or your sweetie for a limited time only. Use code WOLFER20 at checkout when you go to www wolferandco.com forward slash suits. Yeah, Ness, this, this is a bummer. And I am, I'm really sorry, especially sort of the domino effect of his parents not coming. And then all these other people kind of sounds like they go down with it, that it's a lot. And I do think it's nice that you have sort of made a gesture and tried to repair it and give them the opportunity to show up. In terms of, and maybe this, um, Jamie, you can help in terms of like the logistics and acknowledging it or not. My instinct is like, I think their absence, if they tr- if they don't come, really speaks for itself. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that you would even need to or want to. This is also like one of those things where like people whispering almost kind of serves you well. You're not going to need to do it because it's kind of going to, where it's going to get out. It's going to be obvious. People are going to think what they're going to think, or, you know, that's going to kind of take care of itself. I think now in terms of like the other parent things, when I'm thinking about weddings, the groom's parents don't have like a super visible role that like will seem like a big gap. I don't know, Jamie, if you can think of something like, I mean, 
other than the traditional like toasts and or uh, dances, perfunctory parents or right, the parent dances. Mm-hmm. Those yeah. would be the moments that you would see the most. But if, if it does give you any permission to kind of let yourself off the hook a little bit here, Ness, we are seeing a lot less of, you know, or a lot more events, I should say, where they're skipping parent dances entirely yeah. or, you know, they're dancing with a sibling or there are some alternative options. And traditionally, it may not feel right but you can have as many or as few toasts as you want. Uh, I'm not quite sure how it is currently on Australia where yeah, it feels right. like that lands traditionally, but here we could skip over toasts entirely. Right. We had several events where like, now nah, we're just not going to do them. So you can find a way to just like either lessen the focus on those moments for those sections of the event or skip over them entirely. If you're like, I don't know how to handle this gracefully. Maybe we just don't do it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Skipping it. And in, I know here a lot of times from the groom side, it's the best man does the toast maybe and not the parent. So if he has somebody that, you know, you want to speak from your side, it can be someone that is there to support him. So what I would do in my mind, if I was your wedding planner and if I was there, I'd be like, here's what we need to do. We need to make sure the DJ or the person whoever's hosting the sound or making announcements or emceeing is quick to kind of move over things. So there isn't like a other father, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, other father, talking through that situation with your, whoever's hosting the music and hosting the sound equipment for you, ideally a DJ in the situation would be very important. If you don't have someone who's hosting that, find someone within your family or your wedding party. That's very charismatic. That's good on the microphone. And we're just going to kind of glass over it, right? We're just going to kind of move on past it as far as logistics are concerned. So hopefully that will help having a strong individual at the helm of the microphone will help you will really behoove you in this situation. Yeah, definitely let your people in on this, like, yep. here's what we're dealing with. Here are the two speeches or three, whatever they are. And then carry, like carry that moment. So that oh, like, her maid of honor is an experienced MC girl. You have the best person in your arsenal right there. That's incredible. She can jump up and be like, Hey, I'm here to host the speeches for this evening. Here's what we're going to do we're working blah, 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 and keep the energy going. And then, Oh no, now we're dancing. How'd that happen? Great. I don't know. Do you know? Just That's perfect. Good. Yeah. And I think the other thing I wanted to say about this too, I think that is such great concept to think about for the wedding. But what I want you to be thinking about in these last 50 days is really leaning into supporting your husband through this, right? Mm. This is a lot bigger than the wedding. This sounds like a dynamic that's probably played out in his family previously to this. And I'm going to bet you money that it will play out after the wedding, right? So what are where these there's this emotional drama and I'm coming and I'm not an abandonment and threat of, you know, this is a, this is a lot to do to your own child on their wedding day. I am so fingers crossed that there can be some peace and there can be some healing in 50 days. Mm -hmm. It can happen. Um, but really leaning into how to best support him. I think sometimes we want to jump in there for our partner and like fix it for them. And I think you really want to lean, like lean on his understanding of his family dynamics because these things go back. They're deep and they're intense. Mm -hmm. And just fig- start to figure out because this is going to be a role you're going to be playing going forward is helping him navigate this stuff. So I think this is really make sure you're talking to him and hearing him out on how to be the best supportive bride and wife you can be because this is going to be a thing. Oh, she just dropped in the chat. We both have anxiety. Oh, I, I understand that. And have I have been supporting however I can, whatever he decides to do about them. I don't want to sway him in any particular way. Ness, you nugget. Yes, she's got it. You nugget. I am so sorry. And I hope that we can just bolster you in this moment. This is difficult. This is, this is draining. This is frustrating. This is angering. You are probably feeling like a whole color wheel spectrum of emotions right now. You are justified in feeling those. Um, 
And I do think that you can get through this with your head held high. And I think you can get through this successfully. So as far as the, the, the logistics of things, hopefully we've eased some of that. And hopefully Kara has kind of eased your mind a little bit. It's a lot, but we are here for you. All right. Okay. So Paige says my wedding is in March and I'm really struggling to get our groomsmen to do anything. My future husband has asked them so many times to meet up so they could talk, but they have bailed on him four times. He's the sweetest man that would do anything for anyone. And they don't, and they won't do this one thing for him and me. Any advice? Again, that stinks. And it's so hard to see like your love being let down by his yeah. friend. Like that is so hard to deal with. I think again, what we spoke about before, it's like, especially the guys are like, oh, I don't want to sit around and talk about somebody's wet. Like that just doesn't always appeal. So if he's kind of coming at it from that way, that might be kind of turning them off. Cause again, they're like, oh, this exactly. is going to cost us money or time, or we got to wear suits or I don't know what we want. Like that might be part of it. So I think it's like, get back to basics do some one-on-one reaching out, connect as friends instead of doing it. Like let's get together and talk about my wedding. Like Mm -hmm. let's figure out what's going on. And again, check in with friends as real friends. What is going on with them? Are there, are they all on the same page or is it that they all specifically have somebody's having a crisis with their parents? Someone's having a job issue. Someone has a financial issue. Like, and they're all seem to be happening at once, like figuring out what it is for each person. I think take some of the like edge off of it. Like it's not that they're like not wanting to show up for him. Maybe it's just a weird confluence of events. I just think let's, we have to get back to basics with our friendships. It's so weird how this happens when it's like, everyone's running for the people foxhole for a billion reasons. The only way to figure it out is have those conversations. These are your people, treat them like your people, reach out with love and say, Hey, what's up? I haven't talked to you in a while. I'd love to get together. And let it be about them as well. Yeah, that's that's very sweet. It's a, in the best way possible. Sometimes when we're planning a wedding, and I say this because obviously this is what I do for what a living, and I did this in my own, um, is we can kind of almost become an ostrich. It, we just get so focused on because yeah. you're planning the most complicated event of your life. If there is ever a moment where you have earned that ostrich spot in the sand, where you just shove your head in there, like I get it, I get it. But sometimes, you know, I appreciate Carrie's advice in this circumstance because you're just like, okay, pull back, pull back a little bit. Now, they may still be punks, yeah. right? Like you may try to connect with them personally and they may still be punks. You may hear all that and be like, it's not working. And that that's a whole new level of, of conversation, I'm sure. But just if we can kind of look to- towards ourselves and internalize a little bit of like, what can we do to improve and or change how this relationship is working and we do our best and they still don't show up, well, then we can take that next step in the conversation because it's a big event. You're allowed to shove your head in the sand every once in a while, but that it could be one of those where maybe just uh, going out for a beer could help. Are you feeling lost or overwhelmed with wedding planning? Why does this also sound like an infomercial? <laughs> take a deep breath. You are in the right place. I've put together this amazing, if I do say so myself, wedding planning checklist that tells you all the things that you need to be doing and when you need to be doing them. A step-by-step path just for you. You can grab your step-by-step wedding planning checklist now at weddingchecklist.co. That's weddingchecklist.co. I'm in my last month before my wedding. Oh, home stretch. We started planning almost two years ago and many of the conversations about finances we had with our families feels a long ways away. With the final payments coming due, what's a good way to remind our family about the commitments they made to pay for certain parts of the wedding? Well, be upset if circumstances have changed. It's a godsend that they contributed at all, but it's awkward to bring up. Thank you. I'm sure Kara is going to add more insight to this, but I would honestly say, hey, we've got final payments coming up before the wedding. 
I know initially you had expressed interest in uh, offering to help out with some of that. Is that something that you still feel like you would you would like to join in on and just kind of invite them into the conversation? Um, or is that something you'd still be willing to do or can do? Those those tend to have more polarizing connotations to them. If they say no, oh, they're not willing or no, they can't afford it. Is that something you're still interested in? I feel like has a better connotation of like, I'm inviting you into the conversation and you can choose how you want to respond of, we can't do that. Or unfortunately, that's something that we're no longer able to do. It changes the connotation of the conversation. So that's how I would respond uh, or ask the question, just rip off that bandaid, but leave it open-ended for them to respond how they see fit. What do you think, Kara? I exactly like I agree exactly with your instinct on that and with Gabby like like the way that you wrote this question Gabby already lets me know you're super thoughtful you're you're so well spoken you put all the details in there you can you just it's you've got the right tone and I think you sooner than later right let's not put it off you just circle back around hey it's been forever can you believe it after two years the wedding's coming up and my vendors are sending these final invoices. Like you said, I know you express interested in, in helping with the flowers. Are you still interested in that? Mm-hmm. And like that word interested in, or are you still up for that? Or let's talk about it. Let's circle back. I always love to say like, to remind them, oh, you did mention. So I just wanted to circle back on your offer. Like, you know, and like, let's chat. And that's like, you're said real open-ended, not like you promised me you were going to pay for the catering. The bills do here. It is. Don't yeah. just send an invoice along. Right. Like, get them back, jog their memory, get them excited about whatever they had offered in the first place. And then, like you said, with complete grace and gratitude, like accept whatever their circumstances are now. And I am hoping that they're awesome because you just sound so thoughtful and like right on the money with this. What are your best timeline tips for a daytime wedding? We're looking to do a morning ceremony, lunch reception done by four. When do we squeeze in photos? Okay. So go to the timeline and the master plan. It is designed to be a six hour event. Okay. So if you want to do a wedding in the morning, let's say it's 10, your wedding goes from 10 to 1030 from 1030 ish to just before noon, you are taking photos. That's your cocktail hour. Um, And then from noon to four is your reception time. It's still a six hour period. So the timeline will still work for you right there. It's just, you would take them earlier in the day, lean on that timeline module very heavily, lean on that spreadsheet and then it will help you because you'll still be, have the opportunity to do, you know, if you want to do a first look, you potentially can, although you tend to do it about two hours beforehand, which means you probably have to be up at like five or six to get hair and makeup done, to be ready for photos by eight, to have your event start at 10. Instead, might I recommend doing cocktail hour, unless you are one of those crazy people who thinks waking up at 5.30 in the morning to be productive is fun. No judgment. If that's you, that's my mother. I'm just, I am not said person. All right. Destiny asks, I really want to have a private dance with my partner, but a photographer suggests squeezing it in during the day to avoid extra cost. When is a good time to squeeze one in there? Destiny, are you doing a first look? If you're doing a first look, this opens things up tremendously. You do a first look and during cocktail hour, while everyone's in the cocktail hour space, you can sneak into the reception. The DJ can play a song and you guys can just dance together. Just the two of you. That's when I would do it is during cocktail hour. Um, and it might be like, you are doing a first look. Perfect. Okay. So you do your first look, you have your ceremony, you go do your photos afterwards with wedding party, family, etc. Then you go have your dance together on the dance floor while guests ideally are in a different location. So this only works if you have your cocktail hour outside of your reception space. Um, It may feel a little bit like private dance, then grand entrance, then first dance. It may feel a little funky, but at least you have that moment and you have that photo. That's what I would do. 
If you are struggling with wedding planning and you have questions and you just need someone to listen and to chat with, come join us in the Master Plan community over at themasterplanwed.com. I would love to have you in there. Thanks so much for listening. If you haven't done so already, subscribe, jump on over to wherever you're listening to this podcast and leave a five-star review so we can let the podcast people know that Jamie knows what she's talking about sometimes. (laughs) And until next time, bye guys.